Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Mark 9. Here again the part that reads, After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. And then appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Wow, isn't it amazing? What a Jesus, right? Mark records that Jesus' clothes were not just radiant, but they were white, intensely white, as on no one on earth could bleach them. This very man, Mark, had lost all of his clothes at the Garden of Gethsemane, now compares the brightness of Jesus' clothes to the best of laundry. The gospel writer brings us to focus on this event, but not too much. Because this is just a foretaste of what is to come. So it will be said again, wow, what a Jesus. It's a secret. And they can't tell. To see the transfiguration and not to say anything? What do you mean? Jesus is awesome. Moses and Elijah, their voice comes from heaven, says, this is my beloved son. What more do you need? People need to know this is God's Son. This is the Christ. This is the one who has power over demons. This is the one who is able to heal the sick, even mother-in-laws. And now you tell the disciples not to say anything? Yes, indeed, for the transfiguration is simply a foretaste. It mark, I should say, the gospel writer signals this reality when he writes, and after six days. In other words, this is the beginning of the end. This is not yet the seventh day when he rested in the tomb. It is not the eighth day of the new creation. More is yet to come. Yes, more is yet to come. Yet the disciples, especially Peter, do not get it. For even after Mark chapter 8, verse 31 reads, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Peter goes ahead and takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. But our Lord rebukes Peter. In Mark 8, 33 it reads, And by turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on things of men. Jesus has yet to go to the cross. You know, it's a marvelous thing when God brings good things into our life, right? When we finally get that A in school, when we finally graduate, when we get to go to college, that first full-time job, and then the spouse that we've been waiting for and the child that we have been trying to have for so long. Or maybe it's getting out of debt or the getting the cure for whatever disease or going into remission of cancer. We can go ahead and say, God, you're so good. And those are secrets you just can't keep inside, can you? But what about those things that don't go so well? 
we complain, Jesus, you know what it's like. Why do I have to remain the way I am? Why don't you heal my loved one? Why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to die? If there's a secret, there are many that keep those secrets inside or only a few people really know what our lives are like. How different from Jesus. The gospel shows how hard Jesus works, the ridicule he endures, the misunderstandings of his closest disciples. These things abound, but when it comes to who Jesus is and his glory, Jesus tells them to tell no one until his death. Then you shall see his full glory. You see, we live in a world that does not understand Jesus. Why would he have to go to the cross and to suffer and die? We live in a world that doesn't understand Christians, why they have to suffer and die. And like Jesus, our glory is hidden, hidden in Christ. As you know, when we come to believe, Jesus does not take us out of this world. He leaves us here. He's got things for us to do, but we are not alone. He suffered and he died for us. And when we suffer, he is right there with us. And we need to remember that any blessing and the goodness that we experience in this life is simply a foretaste of what is to come. We are not above Moses, who had to spend 40 years with God's complaining people in the wilderness. Oh, first he had a good living in Pharaoh's household for most of the 40 years until he messed up. Well, he escaped his problems for the next 40 years in the land of Midian. He married, had a family, but God called him from that to help his people. We are not above Elijah, who had to deal with God-forsaking political leaders like Ahab and pagans like Jezebel. He endured drought, thinks his life is a waste, and wants to die. But what does God do? He sends them, sends him right back among God's people, for there are yet 7,000 who have not yet bowed to Baal. For us, Holy Communion is such a precious thing. It's not just a meal, but it is where heaven and earth meet. Here is Jesus, both the host and the meal. It is a meal that we want everyone to have, to participate, and indeed there are those who want but have yet not been able to. And it hurts when we recognize the divisions that are existing between Christians. But there is only one thing that can heal, and that is the whole Jesus. And this is why 
We proclaim with Paul when he says about Holy Communion, it is the Lord's death that we proclaim. Holy Communion is not just a nice taste of a meal with a little bread and a little wine. But Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. Here, the body and blood of Jesus, the whole Jesus, his humanity, his body and blood, but his divine nature is so that everywhere, in every place, this supper is celebrated. There they too would receive the same. And Jesus says that there is forgiveness. Luther in the small catechism reminds us that where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. And we sing with Simeon, now let me depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your glory, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. When can a human really confess that Jesus is the Son of God? After that Jesus has died on the cross and risen from the dead. The full glory of Jesus isn't until he has died on the cross. Yes, that is what Jesus said after the transfiguration. And he charged them to tell no one until they had seen, or what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. When can we rightly speak of Jesus? When we confess that Jesus has died on the cross and rose again for you and for me and for all creation, that's when we can say, wow, what a Jesus. But Jesus' death and resurrection, our worship service, even Holy Communion is still just a foretaste of what is to come. We have wonderful piano music, wonderful organ to sing God's praises with hymns tested over the centuries, many the comments of the woodwork in our sanctuary. Even if our worship would attain the heights that's beyond any congregation and that, our, that the preaching here would go beyond and exceed whatever you have heard it is just a foretaste of what is to come. And so today, we are leaving the hill of transfiguration and entering into Lent. Ash Wednesday, we will focus on our Lord making his way to the cross so that on Good Friday, and Easter Sunday morning, we can say, wow, what a Jesus. So until that final day, when he returns in all his glory, and that day when we will be with the Lord forever, we wait till we say, wow, what a Jesus. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.